Amen. If you enjoyed this morning so far, say amen, amen. to the text in just a moment. And uh, Philippians chapter 4 as well will be in just a moment. And uh, I started thinking through so many times uh, in our lives, especially during times of the holidays, uh, we can kind of blink and it's over. Um, the older I get, the more I realize that uh, we invest so much time preparing for something and then just that quick it seems like it's over and it's done. And so I was thinking this week, what am I doing to prepare my heart and my mind for the holidays, for the upcoming festivities that, that seem to take much more than just one day here and one day there. They seem to kind of obviously encompass many more get-togethers and dinners and events and traveling and all those things that go into the holidays. And I was thinking, what am I doing? Uh, is there anything I can do to prepare myself, my mind, and my heart for these holidays so that I don't just blink and they're gone. If we are not careful, we will end up at the beginning of January feeling as though the last couple of months were just a whirlwind of activity, just a blur, and feel drained and exhausted. It's just, oh, thank the Lord, it's January. No more dinners and all this stuff. We're done because I'm just so tired and exhausted. And some of you might find yourself in January with a fair amount of credit card debt too. I hope that's not you. I hope that's not you. But let's just be honest. Let's be real. Uh, most people's January credit card month is a lot different than any other month they see in the whole year, right? Does anybody, can anybody testify to what I'm talking about? Is anybody real this morning? You've charged something and then January you went, why did we need to buy that much stuff? Anybody? A couple people. Most of you guys are pretty good stewards apparently or just lying. That's cool. I mean, it's not cool you're lying, but it's, never mind. Um, no, we can go through the holidays and it's just this whirlwind of activity and then we blink and it's like, well, what, what really did we do? What really did we accomplish? How did we really invest in anyone during this time? Uh, did we just buy some stuff and just have some dinners? Or did we really invest in people's lives during these two months when people seem to be so open to such things as Christ and the church and giving? And how are we investing in other people's lives? And so I want to challenge us this morning, a very simple thought, but one that I hope will encourage you is, as I was thinking this week, as I believe the Lord is kind of prepping my heart for these two months coming up, how are you preparing yourself for this holiday season? How are you getting ready for these opportunities you're going to have at work or in your neighborhood or in your community or in your family? How are you preparing your heart so when you're around that family member you don't see very often and you're sitting around a dinner table and a conversation starts to come up about Christ or about church or about something that you could see transitioning into those topics, how are you preparing yourself now so that when you get to that conversation, it's already ready to go. You're already there. You've already been prayed up. You've already asked the Holy Spirit to give you boldness and courage. Listen, sometimes, as you're going to find yourself in family situations, it's really hard sometimes to share Christ with family. It's really, really hard. It's almost easier, I think, to share Christ with a total stranger than it is a family member. Because family members, not only do we care for them more than most, we also know them better than most. And they what? They know us better than most. And so when you start talking about Christ, if they don't know Christ, they might be tempted to remind you of this sin or to remind you of this shortcoming or to remind you of this thing here. And that's why we have to be careful and guarded that we don't react in anger. We don't get mad. We just understand and we admit and we say, yes, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. But man, let me tell you about the grace that he's given me, about the love that he's showing me. It doesn't make the mistakes okay and it doesn't mean they're not 
uh, you know, up for consequences. It means, man, I'm, I'm seriously admitting I'm not perfect in my life. And so if a family member, if you're sharing Christ and they're bringing that stuff up, admit to it. Own up to it. Yeah, I've made mistakes, but that's why God's grace is so powerful. And how are you preparing yourself? How am I preparing myself for this holiday season? How are we getting kind of our minds geared up for these kind of opportunities? I truly believe that while this time of year can be the best and most joyful time for many, some of us have a hard time enjoying the season for just the hustle and the bustle of it all. Let me say this here too. Some of you have lost loved ones, and the holidays aren't what they used to be. The holidays take on a whole different meaning now that you've lost that certain person in your life. Let me just tell you, our heart as a church is we are praying for you and with you we, we try to sympathize. We don't understand. Nobody in this room understands what you're going through. Only you and the Lord know what you're going through. But maybe for you, the holidays used to be joyful and exciting and it was fun. And now it's just kind of a chore to get through. Let me encourage you this morning, as we're going through this message, maybe you would just take some time and say, Lord, I want the joy of these seasons restored. I want to be able to enjoy the memory of my lost loved one. But I also want to enjoy the present that you're blessing me with and the lives that you're connecting me to. Lord, I want to honor the memory of my loved one, but I don't want to lose this time in grief. I want to give my grief to you and then you turn it into joy. You turn it into happiness. And it's easy for me to say that for some of you might think, man, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know who I've lost. You don't know the situation. I have no clue. And I can say everything I just said, having no clue what you're going through because I know the word of God says that if we'll turn to him, and we'll trust in him. Hebrews says that when you go to him, he is not a high priest that is unable to sympathize with our weakness. But he is a high priest who when we come to his throne of grace, he will give us the grace and mercy that we need in the right time. At the perfect time. And so go to him. If you're struggling this holiday season, just the thought of Christmas and Thanksgiving and all of that because of family turmoil. Maybe you haven't lost a loved one. Maybe there's some prodigal children in your situation. Maybe there's some people that are just distant from the Lord and it's just, it's just awkward. You know, it's just weird to be around them now. Or maybe they don't want to be around you like they used to. Give it to the Lord. And I'm telling you that if you'll surrender to him, he can use these times in your life to grow you into the image of Christ, but also to change the lives of those around you. And so I want to encourage you this morning. How do we get to January sane? How do we get to January sane? I want to give you three keys real quick, things that we can do practically that will get us to January sane. Because when we talk about surviving the holidays, really, we're not really trying to survive the holidays, are we? We should be investing in these holidays. We should be enjoying these things. And so we'll talk about all that this morning. Again, kind of just a, a look at how we can prep and prepare for the coming months. We want the love of Christ, no matter where we find ourselves, at a dinner table, around a tree, exchanging presents, talking to family members and friends. We want the love of Christ to permeate every single thing that we are involved in this year. We want every gift we give, every word we say, to be just soaked through with the grace and the love of Christ for those individuals. And so three keys to making it to January saying, number one, and some of you need to take notes, the first one, write it really big. Some of you, you need to hear this. I'm telling you, I just believe this is true. Don't stress about the little things. Some of you need to just take that and run with it through your whole life. I need to apply that to my whole life. 
Don't stress about the little things. To be honest, this is a tough one for most. But let me just say this. If this isn't true of you, if you're sitting there like, I don't stress about anything. I'm just so laid back, you know, free-flowing. It doesn't bother me. Whatever. If that's you, then you have the, the, the right right now. I'm giving you the right and the privilege, like you need it, to turn me off for a few minutes, okay? Some of you are like, I've been using that privilege for 15 minutes. What are you talking about? Thanks. Uh, I feel better now about doing that. You can turn me off for a few minutes. But if what I say next, the little hairs on the back of your neck stand up, there's this feeling in the pit of your stomach. If I say what I say next and those things are happening to you, you need to listen very carefully. There are three Thursdays until Thanksgiving. That's counting Thanksgiving Day. And there are six Fridays before Christmas. Okay. Whoever just said, shh, write down number one. Don't stress about the little things. If the person next to you is just all of a sudden sweating uncontrollably and they're just shaking at what I just said, tap them on the shoulder, whisper in their ear. Well, unless it's not someone you're close to, don't whisper in their ear. You might get maced or something. I don't want that to happen in church. But let them know. Say, listen, you need to listen to what Pastor John's going to say. Because, man, we can get so worked up when we start hearing these kind of things. That we're just holidays right around the corner. Dinners and families and getting the house ready. And I got to buy this and I got to buy that. And I got to do this checklist and that checklist. And I got to get this ready and that ready. And all of a sudden, it's January and you're like, it's over. Like someone coming home from war. You're just so excited to just be home. It doesn't have to be that way. And we can enjoy this time of year. The first thing I would encourage you to do to give you the strength and the ability to not sweat the small stuff, to not stress over the little details of things, not to get so worked up because it's not going just how you planned. Which, by the way, if you've lived your life this long and you haven't yet figured out that life doesn't go as planned, I want to pop your bubble right now. Life doesn't go as planned does not go as planned. And so what do we do when, when things start going sideways? We have two options. I stress, I freak out, I overreact because I thought I was in control and I really wasn't, right? Isn't that really the problem with most of us? The reason we stress so much is because we think we're in control of something we're not in control of. We, we, we want to be in control of our life and we're really not. We make decisions that obviously affect our life and have outcomes in our life. But listen, there's a lot of your life that is controlled by other people. A lot of what you do during the course of a day, if you work a job, your eight hours that job that you spend or that you spend at that job that day or 12 or whatever it is, you don't, that's not your control. I guess it is kind of. You can say, I don't want to work, but then you don't get paid. So I guess you do have some control there. But if you agree to work for the money, guess what? Your employer controls that time. And so often in our life, we just have to realize, man, I'm not really in control of all of what I think I'm in control of, but I serve a God who knows everything about everything, is Lord over all, and so I can surrender everything to him. And instead of reacting in stress and panic and fear, by the way, I love the front of the bulletin cover this week. And we don't react in fear. We react in love, having been loved. And so how do we express that love? How do we find a lack of stress in the holidays or in life in general? Let's just be honest. This is stuff that's true of life. I just think in the holidays, it kind of becomes magnified. Now it's on center stage. We find relief in prayer. Such a simple verse, one that we've read before, 
but I go here all the time. This is a verse that the moment you feel stressed, the moment you start to panic, the moment you feel that stuff rising up inside of you, literally stop everything you're doing and read this verse. Stop I'm serious. Like if you're in the middle of Walmart and you thought you were getting a deal on this, whatever, and you find out the deal ended yesterday, but you've got a family member that would like literally kill for that for Christmas, and now you're panicking, like I can't afford $80 more for that. What am I going to do? They're going to hate what I get them if I can't get them this. The minute you feel those kind of thoughts and things rising up, literally in the middle of Walmart, stop what you're doing. Pull out your phone, your mobile device. If you don't have one of those, carry a Bible with you. Open to Philippians chapter 4 and look at verse 6. And you read this and you believe it. Be careful. Verse 6 of chapter 4. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. That word careful there is the same as the word anxious or troubled with care. To be troubled with care. Maybe it's the first time hosting Thanksgiving dinner. I'm sure none of us have ever stressed about having family or in-laws over your house for the very first Thanksgiving dinner. Nobody, right? That's never happened. Maybe it's hosting that Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe you're not sure how you're going to have money to even buy Christmas gifts for everyone but you're fearful because you don't want people to know you can't really afford it, so you're trying to force it to make sure you get gifts for everyone so that nobody knows that there's some financial issues. Maybe you're living under the guise or the image that everything is fine, but there's really all kinds of turmoil, and you're just so stressed about whatever else you're going through in life, you're not even thinking about the holidays. You're just consumed with care and anxiety. Whatever it is that's causing you anxiety, take it to the Lord in prayer. Allow his grace to comfort you. And those of us in this room that say, I've tried that and it doesn't work, then you've not really tried it. Now, I believe you may have given it a prayer here, a prayer there, a prayer here. But man, when we fall on our face, what does James say? The effectual, fervent prayer. You know what that means? Man, if I'm anxious about this thing, I'm going to bathe this thing in prayer. We're not doing popcorn prayers for this stuff. We're praying hard. Man, we're just, Lord, you, would you please... Give me your grace to endure this season. Would you please remind me of your presence in my life? Would you please show me? And then we get into the word of God and we start looking for him. And then we don't base the answer on our circumstance. We base our answer on him and his grace and his presence. Even when the circumstance doesn't change, we still believe he is who he says he is. And that's when we'll find comfort. What does he say to his disciples in John chapter 14, verses 26, 27, right in there? He says, peace I leave with you. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. What is the peace that he gives us? What is that promising? It's the Holy Spirit of God in us. So when you're feeling anxiety, you stop. You open up and you read and you say, God, I'm not going to be careful for anything, but in everything I'm going to pray. In everything I'm going to be thanksgiving. I love that he puts that together in the passage when Paul writes this to the church. He says, pray, but don't forget to already thank him for what he's doing. Make requests, but thank him for what he already has done and what he's going to do. Isn't it amazing how quickly anxiety, trouble, and stress decrease the more we start realizing how blessed we really are? The more we thank him through prayer, man, all of a sudden this stuff doesn't seem that important. Instead of worrying about having people over for Thanksgiving dinner and the house looking perfect, just be thankful you have food for Thanksgiving dinner. You'll watch the stress just melt away. 
Stop trying to live and impress with an image and just be who God made you to be and watch him do great things. And we just go to him in prayer and we ask him to work in our situation. Everything, listen, whoever shushed me, listen. I think I know who it was, but I'm not going to call him out because I'm scared of them. Okay, so. Not really. They're a really good cook and I don't want to get on their bad side. Okay, so. Everything will be fine. Everyone say that with me. Everything will be fine. Now, some of you said that out loud and you're like, you got no clue, bud. You got no clue what's going on. I have no clue. But I can promise you, if you will go to him in prayer and surrender it to him, we learned in our men's Bible study about this idea of a blank check. We just offer our lives to God. It's a blank check. Whatever, wherever, however, you want to take it, take it. You want to give it to me, give it to me. I don't, I literally don't care. It's all yours, God. It's, my whole life is a blank check offered to you. You want me to sell everything and move to a foreign field to do missions? Great. When do you want me to move? You want me to stay right here and be a disciple maker for you in this community? Great. Let's get started right now. It, it's just this mindset. So listen, everything will be fine the minute you give up the control that you think you have, you really don't. Put that in his hands through prayer. Step back and you realize, oh. Man, isn't it amazing how little stress we have when we would just give it to him? But you know what we do? Because we're humans and we're kind of not very smart. We're a little thick upstairs. We put it in his hand. And then when it doesn't go the way we want, what do we do? I'll take that back. God, you obviously don't know what you're doing with this situation. Let me handle this for you. You breathe all of creation into existence, but this you just can't get. My financial situation, you just don't understand. You can't handle that. I need to take care of that. I know your word says if I do these principles, man, I'll be blessed in this way, but I don't really believe that because I don't think you know what you're talking about. I don't know about you, but I've never maybe prayed those prayers verbatim, but I've thought those things and I've lived those things. I've stood and said, no, trust God with everything. And then I go home and I'm like, oh, Lord, how are we going to take care of that? And it's right in that moment the Holy Spirit says, Hi, Holy Spirit of God, indwelling you in power from on high, given to you, equipping you to do whatever God is calling you to do, and you're worried about this? Man, isn't it amazing how, if you really realize why we're getting so stressed, why we're getting so freaked out, it's based in a lack of trust. A lack of giving over control. Thinking I have somehow the right to tell God what he needs to do. Instead of saying, God, no, I'm just going to surrender to what you want. And again, I said that. I think it's heightened during the holidays, but this is true of life. Man, everything will be fine. Give it to him in prayer. Don't stress about the little things. Listen, your family and friends care more about you than how spotless your house looks on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Your family and friends care more about you than how spotless your house is or what you get them for Christmas. And listen to this. If they do care more about those things than you, then that's on them. Don't let them put that on you. If you work as hard as you can to be the steward God's calling you to be to his glory and by his grace, and somebody around you says, I just don't think that's good enough, or they want to criticize you in some way, that's on them. I'm not talking about sin issues and a brother coming on the side and saying, listen, man, we need to work this out. Or listen, you know, God is showing me that man, maybe this is better for you this way. We're, not talking about, we're talking about the little things in life. Worrying about having someone over because your house isn't clean enough or trying to freak out because of it. Listen, this is normal stuff. We all battle with that. Listen, you could, my wife's not here because my youngest is not feeling well. 
Which isn't it great when your six-year-old comes in your bedroom at 2.30 in the morning and says, uh, uh, I don't feel good. Every parent knows what to do next. Get them in the bathroom. Because you don't want it on your bed. This is, this is good stuff. I don't know why you guys aren't amening this stuff. Like, nobody's ever had a kid throw up on your bed before. My wife's funny, though. You know what she'll do? She'll say, oh, you're not feeling good here. I'll scoot over. Climb into bed with us. And I'm like, whoa! What? No! You don't know what's going on here. And you're going to put him closer to me? I mean, I love the kid. He's great. He's, you know, he's nice and everything. But get him out of here. I mean, jeez. What are you thinking? My wife would tell you, I have a problem with being a neat freak. I have that condition. I'm just laying it out there. I know it's not Tuesday. I know it's not recovery. But, hey, just pouring it out there for you guys. I've shared before. I have an issue. I'm not even kidding you. I, for a long time, and I don't know where it comes from, if somebody coming over to my house, I instantly, like, there's this thing inside of me that everything's got to be perfect. And it's never perfect. But I start deluding my mind, thinking, oh, i got to have it perfect. What are they going to think? And all of a sudden I realized, we can still work hard and have, take care of what God has given us. I'm not saying we just, you know, like, oh, I don't care what it looks like. I'm not saying that. Like sandwiches on the floor and stuff. Hey, love me, brother, okay? It's like bugs and stuff. I mean, this is, no, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, we can't go too far the other way, right? Like where we don't even have people over because what are they going to think of my house? What are they going to think of with this or that? Or what are they going to do about this? Or what if I can't buy them that for Christmas? Man, you just love on them, and you just be there for them. And if they don't appreciate that, then that's on them. We don't stress the small stuff. Secondly, and quickly, not only do we not stress the small stuff, but to get through to January saying, we enjoy every moment. We enjoy every moment. 1 Thessalonians 5. I wanted to go to another familiar passage. I wanted to keep it really simple this morning. Honestly, just real simple stuff because I believe that we need to be reminded of the simplicity of what it is to be a follower of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, look at verse 16. We don't stress the small stuff and we enjoy every moment. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. Listen to Paul writing to the church here. Verse 16, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh, God, I don't know your will for my life. What do you want for my life? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Here's what I would say. We know one thing for sure. What is the will of God for all of our lives? Give thanks in everything. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice evermore. Man, let's start there and start living the will of God out in our lives. And guess what? We'll find the stress will decrease and our enjoyment will go up. Isn't it amazing? Again, what do we see connected here? Prayer and thanksgiving. Now we're adding in a whole new element of joy. Rejoice, the apostle says to the church, and to give thanks for all things. The word rejoice here, it's one, one simple word in English, but listen to what it really means or how it's been used. The word rejoice here means to be glad exceedingly. Let that sink in for a moment. Paul says rejoice evermore. Be glad exceedingly. And there's so many Christians that aren't living with great gladness. You know why? Do you know why so many Christians are struggling with living in joy? 
Because they're stressed. You know why they're stressed? Because they're not connecting back to the vine. John 15, abide in me and my words abide in you. And you'll see your joy will be full, Jesus said. And I find when I disconnect from the vine, I'm not, I'm not abiding in him, abiding in his word. Because I'm trying to take control. I don't want to surrender. I think I know better than God Almighty who sits on a throne and looks upon the earth and we are as grasshoppers, Isaiah says. That God, I tell him, nope, nope, I got this. And then I wonder, why am I so stressed? Why am I freaking, well, I'm not very happy. Now, joy isn't necessarily the same as happiness because we go through things that don't make us happy, but there should always be a joy. And Paul says, rejoice, be glad exceedingly evermore. So my question to you is, what's robbing you of your joy? What are you allowing to make you unjoyful? Not be glad exceedingly. What's taking that away from you? And why are you allowing it to? And just allow God to work through you. Allow the stress to decrease. I'm not stressing out about this, and I'm enjoying every moment. I'm rejoicing in the things of God. The word also means not just to be glad exceedingly, to be well, and to, and I love this, thrive. To thrive. You know what it means to thrive? Thrive is not enduring. Thrive is not surviving. Thrive is going through a situation and just enjoying it so much it's building you up and you're thriving on it. Like you're feeding on it. You just enjoy it so much. This word for rejoice in the New Testament appears 62 times. 42 times as rejoice. 14 times as be glad. Five times as joy and one time as joyfully. So let me just stop for a second. What do you think God's trying to tell his church? To be happy, to be joyful, to be glad exceedingly, to rejoice. 62 times we are told as a church, as followers of Christ, to be glad, to be joyful. But you know what will rob you of your joy? Stress, anxiety, the cares of this world. And so how do, you, how do you enjoy the holidays? How do you survive the holidays? You enjoy every moment. To be honest, you should celebrate better than the rest. Let me say that again. You should celebrate, as followers of Christ, better than the rest of the world. Because let's think about this. In the world today, Christians should be the ones that celebrate better and longer than those that don't know Christ. Knowing Christ gives a whole new meaning to these holidays we celebrate. Think about this for a moment. Who can be more thankful than someone whose sin has been completely forgiven and washed away? Who is really, who can be more thankful than that individual? Who can be more joyful than someone that knows that they are living in this temporary world for a season? But one day, we will be like him, First John says. We will leave this world, and we will be in his presence, and our joy will be complete, and we will see our Savior face to face and worship him and honor him and praise him for all of eternity. So we should be pretty thankful. We should be pretty excited about Thanksgiving when other families are like, oh, I'm really thankful I got a new car. I'm really thankful that Billy got an A on his spelling test. And those are great good for Billy, but I'm thankful that I'm not going to hell when I die, but Jesus Christ's salvation saved me, redeemed me, and I'm a son of God. Man, we could be thankful. 
So who really can celebrate better than those that know Christ? Who really could celebrate gifts given at Christmas better than someone who has received the ultimate gift of salvation through Christ? Do not believe the lie that as a Christian you can't enjoy the holidays. In fact, you and I enjoy them more. Laugh as much as possible. Spend as much time with family and friends over dinners and fellowships and just enjoying the season as your stress is going down because you just chose and you've chosen now. You've purposed in your heart. I am not, by God's grace, going to stress the small stuff. I'm rather going to enjoy every moment. And again, that's harder for some of us than others. Listen, let's be careful here too. When I say enjoy every moment, I mean enjoy it in a Christ-like way. I'm not saying we just run headlong into every worldly celebration and we got there, we're partying harder than everyone else. No, that's, that's silliness. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about compromising biblical stands for the sake of celebrating like the world does. No, what I'm saying is the world has to celebrate the way they do because they don't understand the joy. And I'll tell you what, being a follower of Christ... All that junk the world wants to give you to make you feel better during the holidays, you can have it. Let me just, if you got to put something in your body, drink something or take something to enjoy this season, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And it won't last as long. But man, when you find your joy and your peace in Christ alone, man, you're the ones that can enjoy the season and celebrate greater and longer than anyone else because it's about him it's not even really about us. So how do we really enjoy the holidays? How do we really get the most out of these next two months? And again, I hope you're looking beyond just holidays. I hope you're thinking about bigger picture stuff too as we're going through this. But I truly believe, lastly, the way that we enjoy the holidays, the way we really enjoy every moment, beyond the celebrations and the dinners and the fun and all that great stuff, is we look beyond ourselves. I truly believe we, as followers of Christ, enjoy this season more than anyone else when we purposely look beyond ourselves. Why? Why should I look beyond myself? Why should I look beyond just my circumstance this holiday season? Well, if we're being honest, in the world's eyes, tax incentives don't hurt. Right? Let's be honest. I mean, if you're talking to most people in our world today, people are very giving during this time of year, and the tax incentives they get don't hurt the charity. Our society as a whole sees giving during the holidays as important, even if they miss the connection to Christ. A couple of stats to share with us as to how our world, not even the Christian world, but just our world, sees charity during this time of year. 34% of all charitable giving is done in the last three months of the year. 18% in December alone. One survey from a couple years ago said that 57% of people donate to a charity in some way during the holidays. So in our world, it's very common. People are all about giving right now. You'll see commercials and things on TV about giving and giving. And, oh, man, the Hallmark movies, they're everywhere. I wouldn't know I don't watch them, but I've heard of them. They're all over my DVR. I don't know how they keep getting there. I go into the DVR, and I was like, what is a wayward heart. What, what is this? Like, what, what's going on here? A loving Christmas. Like, who is recording these things? Like, can we get these off my DVR, please? Like, I don't want them there. 
But I mean, think about it. it's very common in our society to talk about giving right now. But here's the difference between the world when they give to a charity, which is, remember we talked about a few weeks ago? It's okay to acknowledge that's good, by the way. You can disagree with some of the other things, and you may not give to it. But man, be thankful people are giving. Just be thankful people are willing to give and go beyond themselves. But greater than that, the church connection is we understand we don't give because society tells us to. We give because we're connected to Jesus Christ, and it's a way we can demonstrate the love of Christ to the world. You see, the most important reason that we as followers of Christ are generous during the holidays is God's word encourages us to look after those in need. I'm going to give you just a few verses. I'm going to read these through really quick. And so if you want a copy of these references, please see me after this, the message. I would love to give them to you. But I'm going to read through these really fast. And I, I just put a few on here. This is not exhaustive by any stretch. It's just a few to give us an idea of how the Word of God impresses charity on the mind of those that know God, especially those of us that know Christ. Deuteronomy 15.11, there will always be poor people in the land. There is a sad statement. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Open-handed. I love that phrase. It means whatever's in my hand really isn't mine. It's actually for you. I'm open-handed. Ephesians 4.28, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Why do I even work? Why do I even have a job? Why do I have things so that I can give them away to someone in need when the time comes? Why does the Bible say, do not go into debt? The reason? Because you can't be generous if you're indebted to someone else. But man, if you're free from debt, you can be as generous as God's Spirit leads you. Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Hebrews 13, 16, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. With, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Matthew 5, 42, give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from one who wants to borrow from you. Philippians 2, 4, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. Proverbs 3, 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is your power to act. I love that one. To me, that's kind of the, if you had a summary, one of all these verses, Proverbs 3.27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. And why do we give? Why do we look beyond ourselves? Why are we generous during this holiday season? And how does that help us survive? Because the less we stress, the more we're looking to enjoy and rejoice. We realize we're blessed because we're thankful in the process and we're able to be a blessing to others. And I'm telling you, you really want to see your stress go down this holiday season? Be a blessing to someone else and you'll realize how blessed you are. And man, all the stress will melt away. So how do we do this? How do I get involved? How do I start? There are so many great and wonderful charities in our community doing so much for those in need. I'll give you one that is just a great resource to connect with. There is a food bank and a soup kitchen connection in Emily City at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. And you could help this season, for example, by just bringing a box of food by. Just by going to Kroger. And if you spend, let's say you spend $125 on your groceries. Maybe I don't do the shopping. Is that not very much? I'm thinking that's not a lot. Um, 
whatever you spend on your groceries. I'm always shocked. Sandra's like, that's how much I spend on all this. I'm like 50 bucks. And she's like, what? Like, when was the last time you went shopping? And I was like, well, if it's not microwavable, I'm not buying it. So I don't really know what you're talking about right now. I mean, but maybe when you go to Kroger and you spend your normal grocery budget, maybe you'll do this. And it may be a little tight on your family, but maybe you'll take, I don't know, $25 of your grocery budget this week. And you'll say, you know what? We can live on a little less. Instead of spending $125 or $150, we'll spend $125 and $25 we'll give to the food bank. And we won't give them just money, but we'll go buy the food. We'll pox it up as a family and we'll take it and drop it off. And man, we'll watch God move. We also, here, as you've heard already this morning, are offering various ways that you can give and look beyond yourself. Operation Christmas Child, shoeboxes, a great way to get involved. Fruit basket ministry, buying a few things, signing up, and then we put them in a basket and we bless someone in need. That someone is usually a shut-in or a widow or a widower, someone that we can be a blessing to. It's so simple, it makes a huge difference. Holiday Depot, Christmas gifts and food. You can fill out that form. You can decide, am I going to give gifts? Am I going to have food? Am I going to do four kids, two kids, one kid? It's all up to you. And you decide it, and then you get to drop it off. It's crazy how God is moving in his church, and you get to be a part of that. Salvation Army bell ringing. You can go out and actually raise funds where 98% of that money stays in Lapeer County. And as Mary already said, man, could you imagine you're ringing bell? And someone comes up and says, man, thank you so much because the money you're raising paid my heat bill. And I didn't have to suffer through a cold winter this year with my children. Man, look beyond yourself. And here's my concern is that the more we as parents continue to focus inward, our children will reflect that mindset. And then we'll wonder, why do our children grab a Walmart catalog and go to the toy section and freak out and want everything? Now listen, that's kids. Kids do that. But man, I can't wait for the day that one of my boys, and I'm praying for it, opens up that catalog and says, man, wouldn't it be so cool to put one of these things in a shoebox? Like, wouldn't that, like, that would just blow my mind. And we get to do that. Coolest thing ever. And I'm not bragging. It's just how God is allowing us to connect. <clears throat> we went out yesterday and bought stuff for shoeboxes. Took our boys with us and said, hey, let's pick out some stuff for some boys and some girls. What do you think they'd like? It was so cool watching them pick out presents and gifts and things and putting them in the cart. Yeah, they got distracted and started picking up their own stuff, but we just kept reminding them, listen, this isn't for you. You're not here for you. You're not here for you. You're here for someone else. So how can you connect? Is it, is it shoeboxes? Is it bell ringing? Is it fruit basket? Is it helping out a food bank? I mean, what is it that God is going to allow you to connect with? And are you going to do it as a motivation that, man, God's word just compels me. The love of Christ compels me to go and get involved. Man, I'm going to go to Holiday Depot and I'm going to sign up to get some gifts for some kids in our community that don't have anything. And I'm just going to go and be Christ to them. The way to survive the holidays is to not stress about the small stuff, to let those things ride through prayer and thanksgiving, to enjoy every moment. And we enjoy every moment, I truly believe, by looking beyond ourselves and saying, God, how can you use me? Not others, not just our church, but how can you use me to connect either with something over here or something over there? How can you use our family so that we can begin to teach future generations the value of and not just for a tax write-off, but because it makes an internal difference for Christ. So here's my challenge to you this week. 
You ready? Sit down as a family and decide, including your children, if you have children in the home still. Decide as a family, how are we going to look beyond ourselves this holiday season? How are we going to look beyond ourselves? Maybe you've already done things this holiday season already in advance of this. Man, praise the Lord for that. Thank you for that. But if you haven't, or you still feel God's impressing on your heart, man, we can't do everything. Listen, if you're sitting there thinking like, oh man, I'm going to do all of it. I just warn you to be guarded against that kind of thinking. You do what God is leading you to do. It doesn't mean we all get involved in everything, because then we'll do nothing well. But if we will invest in one or two areas that we really feel like, man, God, use our family in this way. God, we'll be a blessing to our neighbor that we know is struggling right now. And here's the crazy thing. You can do all of this without the church having to prompt you. But it's awesome when we come together as the church, as a community of believers, and we invest in these common things together, and we watch God work. One last side note. We've done Salvation Army now for a couple years. And I'm just going to lay it out there. And this is not a guilt trip thing. This is just honesty. We've yet to fill the whole day from 10 to 7, two-hour blocks. We've yet to fill that whole day in the three years we've done this. So here's my challenge to us as a church. Maybe you can't do it on the 9th. That's fine. But maybe you'll get to pray, God, can I do it? If you can, maybe you'll sign up. And if you can't do it because of a prior commitment, which I totally understand. And I know that's the same day as a women's ministry event. So maybe you, you plug it in somewhere else. You plug it in at the end or at the beginning or you try to work it out somehow. Okay, or the men, yeah, or men can be involved. Okay, here's what I want you to do. If you can't do it, you really can't do it, then, or God's not leading that in your heart, then maybe you would just pray, Lord, let this be the first year that we fill that paper. And we get to be a blessing to someone this year. God, we want to bring in more shoeboxes than ever. Not so we can go, look at all the shoeboxes we brought in. But we can say, God, look at all the lives you're going to change. Man, how is God impressing on your heart? And don't let it be an obligation thing or a works thing. Just let it be an overflow of the love that Christ has for you. And I'm always amazed at how God just compels us with his love. Not through fear or intimidation, but just love. When we realize who he is, a blank check just makes sense. And so how are you going to get connected? How are you going to look beyond yourself this holiday season? Because I guarantee you, you'll do more than survive the holidays. You'll thrive through the holidays. Let's pray and ask God to bless during a short time of invitation. With your heads bowed right there where you are, just a simple prayer. I would ask that you would pray with me as we ask God to do a great work, not just in our church, but in our community this holiday season, that those in need will have their needs met and that we can have a small part in that. We're just going to have a short time of invitation here in just a few minutes, and I just ask that you would respond during that time. Whatever God is leading, whatever God is impressing on your heart, would you just answer that call. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would be glorified this holiday season. Lord, we want to do more than survive the holidays. Lord, we want to thrive through the holidays. We want to do more than just get through. 
We want to invest in someone's life this next two months. And so, Lord, I pray for the one or maybe many that are here that just seem to get stressed by this time of year. There just always seems to be one more thing to do. And I pray, Lord, that you would remind them that they don't have to live that way, that they can surrender those things to you. Find your peace. Father, that you would allow the stress to decrease, but we would see joy flourish. And Lord, I do pray that if there's anyone in this room right now that doesn't know Christ as a Lord and personal Savior, that they would begin to trust in you right now. They would just realize they've sinned and, 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 and they would confess their sins to you, asking you to save them of their sins, to forgive them. That they would surrender their lives to you, Lord. That they would just realize that you died for them on a cross. You were buried and you rose again. All for the forgiveness of sins, that we could have a relationship with you. And so I just pray that if anyone in this room right now doesn't know Christ, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would prick their hearts and you would work and move in them. And if that's you this morning as we're praying, I pray that you would respond to him. If you're a follower of Christ this morning, I pray that you would respond in obedience and just rejoice. That we'd respond in obedience and just be thankful and pray and give ourselves to him watching him do greater things. Whatever God is doing in your life, I pray that you'd respond to him. And if you're in this room right now and you're a follower of Christ and you've gotten consumed with the cares of this world, I pray that you would give those things up. Surrender them through prayer and find the joy that comes through surrender to Christ. If you're here in this room right now and you need to be baptized, follow Christ in believer's baptism, maybe you would come and say, I need to be baptized following salvation. Maybe you're here in this room right now and you're in a sin right now and you know God is convicting you and you know God is challenging you but there's this battle inside of you and you want victory over that sin. You want to conquer it but you find yourself just drifting back into that thinking and that sin. I pray that you would surrender that to him this morning. Ask him to give you his wisdom. Receive his grace repent of that sin, turn from it and continue in it no longer and allow him to be glorified. Whatever God is doing in all these different aspects, I pray that you respond as we call out to him. In Jesus' name. Would you stand to your feet this morning as these guys lead us in just some music this morning. There won't be any singing. I pray that you would respond. Maybe you pray there in your seats. Maybe you want to come and pray up front and say, God, help me not to stress. God, help me to enjoy every minute. Help me to look outside myself. Whatever God is doing, don't think about anyone else. Don't worry about anyone else. You just respond as God is moving in your life. How are you going to respond to his encouragement this morning to not stress, to focus on enjoying and rejoicing and look beyond yourself? Would you, would you come and pray? Maybe there in your seats or here up front, would you respond as God moves?